If the New York Giants keep head coach Joe Judge, here are things that he needs to do differently in 2022. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and thanks so much, everybody, for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen of the day, or if you're watching us on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And on today's show, if you actually caught me yesterday on Twitter Tuesday, I mentioned this list that I had been making. And on this piece of paper, I wrote down three things three areas that I want to see head coach Joe Judge improve in if he is retained after this season. Now, before I go any further and get into this list, again, for those of you who haven't seen the show or maybe you're new to the show, I believe that the Giants should start from scratch. They should blow everything up, bring in a new GM, make that GM George Young part two, And let that GM decide what to do about the head coach, the quarterback, and everything else having to do with the football operations. And if he keeps Joe Judge, great. If he doesn't, then so be it. So that's where I stand on that argument. So we're clear. That said, I can't ignore the reports that ownership would like to give Joe Judge an extra year. They they don't want to have to turn over uh, the coaching staff every two years like they've been doing. That said... Um, I put together this list of three things that I think Joe Judge needs to show that he could do better starting next year if he is indeed retained. So that is today's topic. Hope you enjoy it. And don't forget, let me know what you think. Drop me an email or you can uh, hop on over to Giants Country where we have the message boards. Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can drop a comment in the comments below. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe and like this channel, please. All right, so let us get into it. What are the three things that I think Joe Judge needs to do better if he is indeed retained? Number one, preseason preparation. You have heard me complain about this before. I'm going to do it again. I did not like how Joe Judge prepared the team in the preseason. Now, here's the thing, okay? In training camp, coaches get only so many padded practices. They get only so many hours to work with the team on the field. And don't forget, folks, we still have a pandemic going on, all right? Now, it wasn't as bad in the summertime as it is now, but still, things are being governed by the pandemic and you had different rules for those people who were vaccinated versus those people who weren't vaccinated. So if somebody who wasn't vaccinated tested positive, you lost that person for, I think it was uh, 10 days or until they were asymptomatic. And whereas somebody who was vaccinated who caught COVID had a shorter uh, return time. That all being said, you you can't say that, oh, my guy's got great practice reps on the field and I'm satisfied and they don't have to play in the preseason. Why expose them? Now, I get the thinking in a way about why not to expose them. You don't want to subject a player to injury. I get that. 
we have seen players get hurt in the preseason. And fans, rightfully so, scream about, why did they risk that guy? Why did they go and, and put a player in there and, and now he tore his ACL or he you know, suffered a concussion or he suffered a broken bone or whatever? Everybody remember a few years ago when Odell Beckham Jr. in, in a game against the Cleveland Browns um, suffered, I think it was an ankle sprain. And that later that season, because the ankle was so unstable, he ended up uh, injuring that ankle even more and was out for the season. So yeah, I get the idea behind um, being judicious with the snaps that you give to your starters. That said, that said, you have to see what you have. All right, now here's the thing. The first year the Giants coaches under Joe Judge were trying to figure out what they had in their team. You know, how would the systems that were put in place work? Right. The only way you're going to find that out is if you played preseason. Well, there were no preseason games. So Judge had to kind of learn all that on the fly. So now you come into year two of the Joe Judge era. It's the same offensive system, the same defensive system. You kind of know what you've got on defense, but offense, you've got some new pieces. And they end up getting injured. So now you've got some guys that may have to start for you. So Judge, who himself has said many times that you cannot simulate game rep speed in practice goes and he says, okay, you know what? We're going to ramp up practice tempo as much as we can under the rules. And we're going to make a judgment on that. It's not the same. Now, also part of the argument was that the Giants had some guys who were banged up. Kenny Galladay was missing time. I think um, Kyle Rudolph was, was on pup for a long period of time. There were injuries along the offensive line. And so the thinking might have been, well, you know what, let's just wait till we get everybody together and we'll, you know, we'll throw it together in the final preseason game and see how everybody looks. Bad decision there because what happened during the season, folks? That's right, injuries struck. And now all of a sudden you had Daniel Jones having to throw to maybe receivers he hadn't thrown too much in training camp or uh, Mike Glennon having to throw to receivers at all. So the bottom line is, is I don't feel that the Giants prepared as well as they could have in training camp. And I put that on Judge because for whatever the reason, he thought, okay, you know what? September is an extension of the preseason, which, by the way, drives me crazy. I hear that and I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, it is not. All right. And I know where that that thinking came from. Alabama and New England, I believe, have similar uh, have a similar thought process. The difference is, is they've got the talent to overcome one or two early season losses. The Giants do not. And that is a result of both the coach and the GM maybe overvaluing the talent they had and not you know, taking into consideration the possibility for injuries and whatnot. So it was a big, big mistake made by Joe Judge in getting this team ready. And I'm telling you right now, if he is back next year, I would be shocked if he does the same, if he takes the same path. All right. Don't waste those precious um, practice, especially the padded practices. Don't waste them. Take advantage of them. They're there. Don't say, oh, I'm going to back the team off because they've been working too hard. Oh, boo-hoo. You know, it's football. That's what you do. All right? Don't say, oh, I'm going to wait till the third preseason game to do a dress rehearsal. 
No. Get those guys, even if you're talking a series here in the first game, you're talking maybe a half in the second game and then a full game in the third game. Get those guys work, especially, you know, you're going to have a new offensive line next year. You're going to hopefully have a quarterback competition, all right? You, you might have new tight ends all ne- next year on offense. Don't sit there and say, oh, I'll wait until, you know, the final preseason game and then I'll see what I've got. You know, the other thing, you know, decide on your offensive linemen. You know, that goes along with what I'm talking about here. We still see rotations going on, you know, especially at left guard. If you've got to rotate this late in the season, what the heck were you doing in preseason that you don't know what you've got? So, you know, look, I can appreciate what Joe was trying to do. He was trying to get a look at everybody on the roster. Some guys who, by the way, didn't even make the roster. I get it, trying to be fair. But that said, you know, at some point you have to trust the scouting reports. You have to trust what you're seeing on film and say, well, you know, this guy, he didn't look that good in practice, but maybe he'll look better in the game. Guys are what they are. So at some point, you you know, I understand you want to give everybody a fair shot, but you only have so many practices and you've got a football team to get ready in so many weeks. You can't dilly-dally. It's not college. And I think that's something that cost the Giants in the beginning of the season because to me, they did not look prepared for the start of the season. And um, they lost three games that I think they should have won. And you, you sit here and you wonder, you know, the record would have been better. They still probably wouldn't have been in the playoffs, but the record would have been a heck of a lot better than it is now. Um, actually better than it was last year. You know, they would have had, I think, um, six wins. They would have matched their total, their total wins from last year, which I think might have been a little bit easier to swallow than having um, been, been assured now that they will finish with fewer wins than they did last year. So that's how I see it with the preseason preparation. Joe, you got to do a better job with that man. And I think he knows it. I think he knows it. And I think if he is back, we will see changes in that. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's show. But first, it's the new year, which means New Year's resolutions. And as your New Year's resolution is to get fit or eat healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar covered in pure milk chocolate, but not loaded with calories. It also tastes great. It's not waxy or chalky or tastes like a bunch of chemicals thrown together. It is a delicious bar with several different flavors, limited time flavors, as well as a regular rotation available in nut and nut-free varieties. And most Built Bars contain around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution to eat right without the guilt and without the calories. So head on over to BuiltBar.com and use our special promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your first order. Again, that's code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Giant fans, you've got Patricia Trainer here on the Locked on Giants podcast. And I'm writing out a list verbally of things I would like to see Joe Judge do differently if he is back in 2022 as the head coach of the New York Giants. And I have a list of three things. Just went over item number one, which was a big pet peeve of mine, and that was the preseason preparation. Here's item number two, which is an equally big pet peeve of mine. 
competition. Now, every year we hear it, no matter who the coach, no matter what level, that there's competition. You got competition in every position group. But what the coaches don't tell you is that not all competitions are created equal. All right. And by that, I mean, judge might say, oh, we've got competition at the quarterback spot. But it's not necessarily for the starting job. It might be for the backup position. Right. So now we're getting into semantics. And I get that. It's just something coaches do. But with that said, I go back and I look at, again, how training camp unfolded and how basically the offensive line was set without any competition. You know, we knew going in that if everybody had stayed healthy, it was going to be Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, Will Hernandez, and Matt Parrott. And as it turned out, you know, Parrott showed he wasn't up to it. So, oh my God, let's put Nate Solder in here. But until those other guys got injured, you know, uh, Gates and um, Hernandez, I'm sorry, Gates and Lemieux, there was no competition. It was basically kind of assumed that that would be the line. Same thing with quarterback. You know, Daniel Jones automatically assumed and penciled, not penciled in, put in ink as the starter. When you have a team that is coming off a losing season, to me, nobody's job should be guaranteed. Nobody's. And especially on an offense that was just not very good in 2020. And I was kind of surprised that there wasn't more real competition. Because look, coaches always say competition brings out the best in everybody. All right, fine. Well, why not have competition? Why say, hey, Daniel, you're our guy. Don't worry about it. You're my guy going forward. You know, maybe Judge is thinking, okay, well, if I say that, that'll make Daniel want to work harder to prove it to me. It's possible. And maybe that did work with, with Daniel. But does that work with everybody? No, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I think maybe sometimes you have guys who maybe because of their contract status or because of their draft status think that they're a little safer than what they should be. And I question whether or not they constantly, you know, day in and day out, deliver the goods, you know, because look, if I knew I wasn't going to get fired, I would take shortcuts. And I, you know, if I wasn't in the mood to do something and Lord knows, you know, sometimes there are days when I'm not in the mood to do anything, but you know what? I do it because it's my job. It's what I'm being paid to do. It's my responsibility. And it's my responsibility, not only to my employer, but to my readers and to my listeners to give them my very best, regardless of how I feel. And if I don't, I know that there's going to be someone lined up to take my place because I know I'm in a position where any number of bloggers or, or you know, podcasters would love to be in my seat. I don't want to see that happen. You know, call me selfish, whatever you want, but I, I understand that and I'm going to work every day. It's the same thing, I think, with a football team. You have to have some kind of competition that, okay, you know what? If you're not meeting criteria or whatever, we're going to sit you down and we're going to let somebody else take a crack at it. So, you know, I just felt like there wasn't enough of that on the Giants roster. I felt like certain guys were pretty much handed jobs, despite, again, the, the promise of competition, which, again, is a matter of semantics, a matter of 
we're going to have competition on the D-line. Okay, yeah, for the backups or at cornerback. Yeah, again, for the second, third, and fourth string guys. You know, that's not, I mean, it's competition, but it's not the type of competition that a team that has been so terrible the last several years really, I think, is going to benefit from. So, Joe, please, don't guarantee guys any any jobs. Don't sit there and tell us Daniel's going to be my quarterback next year, although I think he's already done it. Um, see what you get in, in the uh, off season. I mean, we all know that there's going to be, you know, a, ba- a new backup quarterback because there's absolutely no way the Giants can go into next year with Mike Glennon as their backup quarterback. Might they get Jacoby Brissett or Marcus Mariota or maybe, you know, a- another, you know, t- I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is available or somebody else might become available. I don't know who might be out there um, come free agency time, but whoever it is, has to be good enough, in my opinion, to start because we have seen with Daniel Jones that he cannot stay healthy and you don't want to turn the offense over to someone who can't realistically win you games. All right, so while you're at it, have that that player push Daniel Jones for uh, for playing time. What's it going to hurt? If nothing else, it's going to make Daniel Jones a better player. It's going to get him to sharpen his focus. And really, I don't see any, any, um, you know, issues with that. I don't see, you know, it's not insulting anybody. It's not going back on, on your word. Just keep, keep at it, you know, and, and see what comes of it. Maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised. Who knows? Hey, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, let me tell you about this incredible app that everybody who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. And with the Get Upside app, you can get 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up at the pump. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or in Google Play and When you open an account and use our special promo code TOUCHDOWN, you will get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's a total of $0.50 back on your first fill-up once you open an account on GetUpside using our promo code TOUCHDOWN. Why pay full price at the pump anymore? You can get cash back using the free GetUpside app and cash out anytime you want to your bank account, to PayPal, or get an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, that's the GetUpside app and that promo code for an extra 25 cents off your first fill up is touchdown. All right, Giant fans, you got Patricia Trainer here on the Locked on Giants podcast and we're talking Things Joe Judge can do differently if he is retained as the Giants head coach. And I've got one more thing that I want to discuss. And this one is a personal pet peeve of mine. Actually, all three of these things that I've, dis- that I've discussed on the show are pet peeves. But this one in particular drives me crazy because I saw it with Ben McAdoo and it didn't work with him. And I fear it may not work with Joe Judge. And that is this over-reliance on being comfortable with what he knows. Now, it's kind of interesting because if you listen to uh, Joe Judge talk, sometimes he talks about pushing players beyond their comfort zone level. All right. So in other words, hey, player X, you've never had a block before or you've never had to play special teams. So 
we want you to try special teams because we think your skill set will fit. Okay, great. Player goes out there, gives it a shot, and he either does well, doesn't do well, or, you know, is okay and just needs some coaching. That's pushing a guy beyond his comfort level. Let me ask you guys something. Has Judge stepped out of his comfort level? No, he hasn't, and I'll tell you why. Look at his staff. What does his staff mostly have in common? If you answered all, they, that the staff mostly consists of guys that Judge knew in a prior life, at a prior job, ding, you get a prize. Look at the roster and some of the guys that are on the, on the roster. What school programs did they come from? You see a lot of guys from Alabama and Georgia, right? Again, all ties to Joe in a previous life. You uh, look at the roster, some of the veterans, and where did some of these guys play pri uh, previously? You know, the Danny Sheltons, for example, the Keon Crossins. Hey, they were former Patriots, the Logan Ryans. So the point is, is you look at what Joe has assembled, both as um, on his coaching staff and on the roster, and there's a lot of familiarity and a lot of trust in that, in, in that, you know, knowledge. Now, look, I understand Nick Saban is, is, you know, one of the best college coaches ever. Bill Belichick is a surefire Hall of Fame head coach in the NFL. All right. Kirby Smart down in Georgia is a very good coach. So I get it. You know, it's like, okay, you know how they work. You know what they preach, the practices and all that stuff the philosophies, and so on and so forth. But that doesn't mean that every guy that comes from those programs is going to be, you know, uh, the answer, all right? Um, the best way I can explain this is if I go to my best friend, who I had known for over 20 years, and I say to her, hey, I want to hire your son to be a, a, a staff writer on my, on my website, Giants Country. I know how my best friend operates, okay? I know what she believes in. I know what she practices. I know that she, you know, is devoid of any prejudices or agendas and so on and so forth. Do I necessarily know, though, that her son is going to be the same way? He was raised by her. He should theoretically have some of those ideas. But as we get older, I mean, let's face it. How many of us actually are, are exact carbon copies in our beliefs of what our parents teach us? Probably not a lot. Maybe some people are, some aren't. All right? Um, that said, it's the same thing with players. Yes, they were part of Alabama or Georgia or the Patriots. They, and they were exposed to, you know, doing things the right way and so forth. But that... You know, you're coming to a totally different environment now. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be an upgrade over what you had. You know, I look, I, I'll give you two player examples that just drove me crazy. Swapping out Michael Thomas for Nate Ebner. Can someone explain that to me? Was Nate Ebner that much better than Michael Thomas? Or how about, you know, oh, Dalvin Tomlinson walks away. So let's bring in Danny Shelton. 
Has Danny Shelton been that much better than Dalvin Tomlinson? I don't think so. So this is what I'm talking about. There's a reliance too heavily on what you knew from your past life. And I understand that it provides a comfort level. I really do. And to a degree, we all want to be comfortable. But sometimes we've got to step outside that comfort level and take that leap of faith. Because here's what happens. If you don't branch out and start to embrace a little bit from other systems, a little bit different other styles, maybe people who make, who do things differently than you do, not necessarily, you know, the wrong way or, the, you know, but differently. They Maybe they get the same results, but they get to point Z by going, you know, one, two, three instead of ABC. You'll never know and you'll never grow as a coach. And that's what I'd like to see Joe do. I'd like to see him, if he's back, grow as a coach. And the only way you're going to grow is if you start to really expand and stop relying on what, you know, your past. Your past is your foundation. Great. But now you've got to add to it, you know, because if you keep building on, you know, building up your past, your foundation, you're going to have an outdated house. And I just would like to see him think outside the box a little bit more with personnel. And, you know, look, there's only it's a small league and there's only so many guys. I get it that they can bring in that were formerly with the Patriots or who went to Alabama or Georgia or who with who were with Patrick Graham in Green Bay or whatever the case might be. I just think that's shortcut, taking a shortcut though. Try different schools. And they, you know, they started to do that in all fairness, but I don't think they've done it enough. And I would hope moving forward that they do more of that because, you know, I mentioned Ben McAdoo. All Ben McAdoo knew for the most of his professional coaching career was what how Mike McCarthy did things. And McCarthy was successful. He won a Super Bowl with Green Bay, all right? Um, he won the division with Dallas. I don't know how far they're going to go, but, you know, he still won the division. But if you don't embrace different methods, because the game changes, you know, the generations of people change. And ultimately, there's going to come a time when all these former, you know, Alabama players and, 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 and for, I'm sorry, these former Patriot players and, you know, Miami players, they're all going to disappear from the league. So you're going to have to eventually branch out a little bit more than I think what you have been and stop being so reliant on your past. So will Judge embrace that? Probably not, but that's something I would like to see him embrace if he is back next year. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for me on today's show. I want to thank you for tuning in. As always, making us your first listen or your first read of the day. And um, just a reminder, tomorrow is our final crossover show of the season. We're going to have David Harrison on. Uh, got to do it, folks. We've got to talk Giants Washington. I know nobody cares, but it is on the schedule. But it's the last crossover show, so we'll do that. We'll have another show Friday. And then starting next week, the, sh the schedule opens wide up. We'll start talking and looking ahead to the off season. I'm sure there's going to be a busy week next week. And we will, of course, bring you everything you need to know, including any late-breaking uh, news, uh, news updates here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you again tomorrow.